hear and do. I believe God has designed our relationship with him to be simple. And he simply wants us to just be in a place to where whatever he speaks, we can respond. He speaks, we respond. I believe this word is going to change your life and change the course of how you work with God and how your relationship is developing. Hope you enjoy it. Oh man, have you all been enjoying the messages on stability? Oh my goodness, they have been awesome, been great, been wonderful. You don't want to miss any of it. You just make sure you get it and go back over it again and uh, how encouraging it is for us uh, as we are in the year of stability. Uh, tonight I'm going to talk about having a resolve, having a resolve. You know, um, sometimes we can start off just you know, running fast, but it's not how fast you start off, not how strong you start off, but it's how you finish that makes a difference. So if we're going to finish strong, we have to have a resolve to, keep, to continue on and not stop. Uh, on uh, Sunday, Pastor Brian uh, talked to us about and taught us uh, from uh, Moses' example of uh, just having a resolve to go back when it looked like nothing was changing. Everything was... You know, as a matter of fact, like it was getting worse and worse instead of better and better. But uh, we're going to start in 1 Kings chapter 18 because as he was teaching, I also was thinking about this particular passage of scripture as well. 1 Kings chapter 18 and uh, verse 41. And we can look at this in the uh, Amplified. 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 41. And this is about Elijah. You know, Elijah prayed that it would not rain. And it hadn't rained for a good little while here. And so it was time for it to rain. So this is what took place uh, after the, uh, he had the little competition with the prophets. And, of course, he won. Uh, but in, uh, <laughs> or God won, let's put it that way. It says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of, of Carmel, and he bowed himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Elijah said, go again, seven times. And at the seventh time, the servant said, a cloud as small as a man's hand is arising out of the sea. And Elijah said, go up, say to Ahab, hit your chariots and go down, lest the rain stop you. In a little while, the heavens were black with wind-swept clouds, and there was a great rain, and Ahab went to Jezreel. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab in the entrance of Jezreel, Near nearly 20 miles. Now, that's some anointing. I mean, somebody's on a chariot and you ran 20 miles and you beat him there, but that's not the point. <laughs> that's a point, but that's not the point. The point is, is that Elijah had a word from God and he went and he prayed. And as he was praying, he kept sending his servant out to see if there was any sign of what he was praying. And he didn't stop until he came back with the report that he wanted him to come back with or the report that he was looking for. And in saying that, when, when God is telling us to do something or he gives us a word concerning something, we can't get weary because we don't see anything. 
You can't, we, can't, we can't cave in, we can't quit just because I don't see anything with my physical eyes. That's most of the time where we're tested. We're tested in our senses. Do you see anything? Do you feel anything? Do you know anything? You got any more information? Maybe I, she, the servant could have said, well, maybe we don't need to look to the east. Maybe we need to look to the west. Maybe we need to look to the south. Maybe we don't need to be on this mountain. Maybe God told us to go to another mountain. You, you understand what could have happened in that situation just because you didn't see anything. And then the servant could have been lazy, like, you know, I've been up there one time. Maybe we should wait another 10 minutes or so, or maybe tomorrow or something like that. But instead, he continued, you just keep going. You just keep going. So, again, that's where we're tested in, in what we believe and what we have heard in our thinking. And that's why the battle is actually waged in, in our thinking. When we think about spiritual warfare, um, you know, I don't, I've been, I haven't been a Christian, you know, for hundreds of years, but I do, I've gone through some things where people talked about different ways of spiritual warfare and how to carry it on and how sometimes it would get really fleshly in what people were doing. I mean, and uh, they praying down heaven, and um, I, I just, I, believe me, I've just been through some stuff. <laughs> I've seen some things where people thought it was spiritual warfare. I mean, in how loud you were, and how many it was, and shaking your fist, and just, you know, I've been through people climbing on tables and people, I, I mean, when I say I've been through what people thought was spiritual warfare, when in actuality it was a fleshly thing. So tonight we're going to look in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 10, starting in uh, verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. And we'll look at this in the Amplified. Second Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 3. He says, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. So he says, we're tearing down some strongholds that may have been built up in our lives. And he says, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought purpose away and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So what, what are we seeing right here? He says, we're, we're, we're refuting arguments and theories, reasonings, you know, rationally we should do this and reasonably this is what should be taking place. He says, we're, we're coming against those type of things. He said, in every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Anything that goes against what God says is trying to be more lofty than who God is. So he says, we're, we're, we need to get rid of that type of thinking. If God says something, you don't change it to suit you, because now what you're doing is walking in pride and you think you know better than God. So he said, we need to get rid of that thinking. God said this, but 
it's okay if you do this or if you think this or you do that. that that's pride lifting up in you. He says that's a lofty thing that we have to fight against. Understand, he said, we have to fight against it. So we know those thoughts will come to us saying, do it a different way. Do it another way. Change the way God said, do it. Do it, just, you know, listen, follow that person. Do it that way when God has told you specifically a thing to do or how something should operate or how it should look. And again, it says, let's go back to verse five. He says, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. He says, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. When your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. He said, fully secure and complete when we come against thoughts that come against what God is telling us or what he's telling us to do. Now, I do want to look at this in the Passion Bible as well. So if you will go there. And it says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive, listen to this, fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. He said it's an arrogant attitude that we have when we, he said that this is something we war against. He said I, I, that's why our battle is not against flesh and blood because it's actually going on in your head. And we don't want you going around beating your head but that's really where it's coming from. It's the thoughts. It's strongholds that, that through time, through uh, repetition, through experience, that have, have gotten a stronghold in our minds. And when we hear something that God says, that thought, that mindset comes against it. He said, you're going to have to do something with that. Because that's the thing that's keeping you from getting where God wants you to be is what's in your head. It's what you are thinking. It's what you believe. And again, when I, my ideas, uh, when someone get born again, the first thing you want to teach them is now you need to renew your mind. You may have a good, warm, fuzzy feeling and feel good about going to heaven, but now you need to renew your mind to the things of God. You need to, you need to tear down some things that are a stronghold in you. So anytime you hear the word and it's, Hits you kind of funny, like, I don't know if I believe that. That is something you need to take care of. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't, I don't see, I don't think you have to do all of that. How is it you don't, you, you don't think. <laughs> you, you hear what you're saying? I don't think it takes all of that. Amen. That's war. Satan is declaring war right then, and you need to declare war back right then. 
You don't, need to, you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to have conversations with it. You need to immediately recognize that you are now in a war. As soon as something is read, as soon as the word of God comes and you, you feel a little stiff about it, you understand now a war has been waged. And you have to do something. Look at somebody say, you have to do something. Because if you don't, then only thing only thing happens is it just gets stronger and stronger. Especially when you start talking to people who agree with you. Then you start justifying it. I talked to my girlfriends, I talked to this guy, or you know, and I heard and they said and they seem to be okay. He says, No, no, you have not, you don't realize that you have just entered into a war. You've just entered into a war. It's in your mind. But again, he says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that he said we can. So it's not like you can't. He said we can. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience. You understand? Insist. Because it's not going to go away just because you thought about it, because one time I said something. Oh, no, when it's a stronghold, it's coming back. It is coming back. <laughs> it's like a boomerang. I thought you were gone, but now you're back. So he says we're gonna have to come. We're gonna have to come against those things. We have to capture those things, and we have to do something with them because otherwise we we can't get to where God wants us to be. There won't be any steadfastness. You can't hang on to the word if you've got this war thing that's going on in your mind that that come against what you what you know. You have knowledge of what you have knowledge of, and not yet have experienced. Do you know that when Ever uh, people, especially in the Old Testament, whenever they were in war, they had spoils. They were able to gather the spoils after the war. Do you know that at, when you conquer a war in your mind, there is spoils to be won? It's not just a victory, but you win something. You get something as a result of it. You get a treasure as a result of it. A lot of people get more revelation as a result of it. God reveals himself more when you overcome in these areas. You learn something new about God. You have an experience with God. And having that experience with God then helps you to talk to someone else about your experience with God, which helps them through an experience that they're going through. So everybody gains as a result of you going ahead and getting rid of those thoughts they come against the knowledge of God. It's not just for you. Sometimes you think you're in the battle just for you. You're in the battle because you're in the battle. It's going to help you, but it's going to help someone else too. And there are spoils to be won, spoils of strength and might because I overcame. And it's what it does is it builds strength in you for the new battle. Because if I overcame then, I can overcome now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I have to, I have to come against things that come against the knowledge of God. I have to do it. I can't just let it ride. I can't just say, oh, that's just a passing thought. No, it's not a passing thought. It is their own purpose. Therefore, we have to be on purpose. 
Glory to God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We have to do things on purpose. Listen, nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. We'll look at this in the Amplified as well. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24. And Paul says, do you not know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? He says, so run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. So he's talking about there are prizes to be won. There's things that we're going to gain from it. He says, now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temp uh, temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. See, you think it's just a thought. But it's the adversary that's coming against you. You think it's just something fleeting. You think it's something that don't really matter. But if you have the knowledge of God concerning something, and then you feel a little weird about something that's being said or the word of God, that is coming against you. So that is an enemy, and you need to be on purpose in fighting it. Amen. On purpose, you have to cast it down, even if you had to talk to yourself out loud. See, we think confessions are for God. I'm confessing so God can do something. No, you confessing so you can be something. So you can be the thing that you are confessing. So confessions are good for you to help change your thought patterns, to help change your mind, change the way you see things, change the, your attitude concerning stuff because you need to win this fight. Again, in 26, he said, therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one. I think they call it. What is it? Air boxing? Shadow boxing. He said air boxing. <laughs> Forgive me, y'all. Shadow boxing. <laughs> therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do. You know, a Christian life is a purposeful life. We live life on purpose. It's not, it, it doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't just happen because you got, you came up and, uh, and you made a decision to get saved, but you have to live your life on purpose. He says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardship and subdue it. <laughs> Paul said, I'm having a wrestling match here. He said, but I'm going to subdue it. I'm going to overcome it. He says, uh, but like a boxer, I buffet my body and handle it roughly, discipline it by hardship and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. We got a lot of people running around telling everybody else what to do. Let me tell you how to fight this fight. That's just like, this is what it reminds me of, guys. You're watching a football game. 
you are not a professional coach, but you know everything that the players ought to be doing and all the calls the coaches ought to be calling. You know, and you all talk so emphatically. I don't know why he called that play. I don't know. You don't, you know what? You're not on the field. You don't have the pressure on you. You don't have eyes, all eyes on you. You don't, you ain't thinking about your income may go out the door if you don't win this game. You, you have, you don't have any of that, but you just sitting back with your chicken wings and calling all the shots and mad at the people because they didn't do what you said and they lost the game and look at somebody say counterfeit <laughs> see and, and Paul said I'm not gonna be a counterfeit I'm not gonna be going around telling everybody else what to do and I not partake of what I'm saying Glory to God. <laughs> you know, people, let me tell you what you ought to do. And you walk and you look at them and they prospering and doing well. And look at your life. You just. <laughs> God does not want us being counterfeits. He wants us to partake of the good life that he has given us. And he don't want us to quit. We cannot quit. We, got, we, we have to uh, allow the word of God to encourage us to, 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 even though you don't see anything, that's not, seeing something is not, if you see it, it's no longer faith. If you see it, it's no longer hope or an expectation because you see it. Because you see it. But God is talking about a group of people who can hear his voice and know it and then act on what they know. Be willing to move off of what they know. I, he I hear the voice of God. It's no point in hearing the voice of God and not doing what the voice is saying. That doesn't profit you any, but a lot of people get excited at, I heard God's voice. Man, I heard God's voice. Did you do what he said? <laughs> it's, it's almost like glamour, you know, spotlights. I can hear from God. You can hear from God. That's so great. We so happy. Um, <laughs> and people can get caught up in those things. And God doesn't want us caught up in those type of things. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians, let's go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. In the Amplified, he says, be alert and on your guard. Stand firm in your faith, your conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, keeping the, tr the trust and holy fervor, born of faith and a part of it. Act like men and be courageous, grow in strength. How many of you know that if there is no resistance, then your muscles don't grow in strength? If there is no resistance, your muscles don't grow in strength. 
So he says here that we have to be alert. We have to be on guard. We can't let we can't let things just slip and slide by because that's what that's what Satan's counting on us doing. Is uh, I think it was uh, Dr. Price. He said it's the little foxes that ruin the vine. We're waiting for this big, huge thing to happen when all these little things are weakening us the whole time. And God said we can't allow that. And that again, all of this stuff starts in. Um, in our minds, it's what we're allowing to hang out in our minds. It's the, it's the things that we allow to come to our to come and set up camp in our thought life. Set up camp in our thought life, and um, again, he says Paul wouldn't be so urgent about it if he didn't think it was important. Uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. And verse 13, and I'm not going to go through all of the armor of God, but this is what he says in the Amplified. He says, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, he says, stand on the evil day of danger. Sometimes people think the evil day of danger is when it's already manifested. But you know, it starts way before you see something happen. It starts, it's, a lot of times it starts with just a seed that you ignore. And then as it gets stronger and stronger, as you don't come against thoughts, when you don't come against anything that's against what you know and understand, against the things that you have learned, when you don't do anything about it, it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger to something manifest. And then it's like, now I need to fight. No, you should have been fighting beforehand. So he says again, verse 13, therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground. Stand therefore, hold your ground. Don't let it go regardless of how you feel, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what the people are saying to you. Don't, don't lose your ground. Don't give, a, listen, don't give up an inch. Don't give up anything, don't, don't, when it comes to your healing, I, and I think I said this to you before, God says, I am not interested in symptom relief. And sometimes that's what people want. I just want some relief. If I can just get a little relief, then I'll be okay. How many of you know if you're on the battlefield and you got an enemy on the other side, just because they stopped shooting don't mean they're not there? <laughs> you put your gun down. You lay your canteen down. Y'all light a fire, cooking hot dogs. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying that <laughs> he says we have to be alert. Just because you had a little relief does not mean that it's over. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that so that in life we live tense all the time. But in life we live alert. We live alert. God tells us all, he tells us in the Bible we need to be a place of rest and we need to be resting, but we still are alert about things that are going on around us. 
So we don't let things slip and get by us, and then all of a sudden it's a crisis. Not that God won't deliver us from crisis, but isn't it better not to be in a crisis? Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. He says, and having shod your feet in the preparation to face the enemy with the firm footed stability the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. He said, it's the gospel of peace. It's the gospel that gets you ready. It's the word of God that makes you strong. These are the things that you're fighting these battles again. It's, it's not a uh, tit for tat and it's not a, uh, as I read to you before, it's not a mind manipulation type of thing. That's not what it is. This is the word of God that the word of God, if we take the word of God, it will combat the thoughts. And you thinking you can say it one time. Will not do it. I'm telling you, it does not do it. You have to say it until the thought is gone. And not that it won't gallop back one day, but then I'm just saying you have to fight it till it's gone. You can't just say, oh, gosh, it's back again. Oh, I'm thinking that way again. Oh, no, you need to do something. You need to do something. I'm saying that because we're looking to see great things in 2019, but it doesn't mean it's going to come without a battle. Because if we think that, you know, we read the promises of God and we're like, oh, those are so great. But if you think there won't be any opposition to it and, and, and Satan's, his, his, his ground is what you're thinking. Because if you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, you're either going to carry something out or not carry it out. You're going to tell yourself, it don't matter, 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 it don't matter. And you know, a lot of times people are doing things based upon what they, they think they, they think they know what other people are doing. You don't really know what other people are doing. So you have to run your race. Run your race, win your prize. Listen, fight your battle so you can get the spoils. Because there are spoils. Some people, like, when they, they figure that, you know, I've been running so hard and, 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 and the battle is strong, you, you think when God told, um, let me get, get them right, Joshua, when they, when they went to Ai and they got the spoils after that, do you think they were like, oh, I'm so tired? Oh, man, you know what? We, we went out there and we, we won. I bet they saw all the gold, the silver. They saw all the money. You, somehow they gained some energy to collect the spoils. You understand what I'm saying? You, and so that's how God wants it to be. When, when you come through it, there's some spoils to be picked up. There's some, you, something good should have happened at the end of it. Yeah, you had to fight a mental battle and you had to keep going back and you had to keep praying and you had to keep confessing and you had to keep saying it and you had to keep reading the word of God. But out the other end of this battle, 
this mind battle that you went through, there's a lot of spoils that can be gathered up as a result of it. I'm stronger. I'm wiser. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm ready to fight another battle. I got the word of God. I got strength. I got peace. I got joy. How many of you have been through those battles? And when you came through, it was like, woo, Jesus. You know what? You'll say it was worth it all. It was worth it all. It was worth it all. It was worth all the praying. It was worth all the fasting. It was worth all the reading of God. It was worth cutting people off who was telling me something contrary to what God has said. It was worth not being on the phone. It was. That's how that's how that's the kind of battles God wants us to be fighting. Where at the end of it, it was worth it all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 18. Let's look at this in the uh, King James. Hallelujah. It was worth it all. Glory to God. Whew. I'm just, I, I, in my mind, I'm just thinking about people who went through some things and even myself going through some things. It was worth it all. At the time, at the time it was happening, I needed the encouragement, the prayers of others so I could stand because they couldn't stand for me. I had to make a decision to stand myself and they could come into agreement with me, but I had to be the one standing because it was me who needed to cross the finish line. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's me who had to stand. Look at somebody said, it's me who has to stand. See, because nobody can jump in your mind and start, I mean, I'm telling you, the stuff that go on in our mind that we allow to be in our minds, you need to get rid of some of that junk. And let me tell you something. All of it is not like bad, but it ain't good for you. We figure, oh, it ain't hurt nothing if I think this way. Okay. King James, it says, Paul was talking to Timothy, and this is towards the end of Paul's ministry. And he says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mighteth war a good warfare. Now he's talking about the prophecies that uh, were, uh, that came to Timothy or prophesied over Timothy. But you know, the word of God prophesies over all of us concerning what God desires for us, what God wants for us. And he says, you take that. You take that and you war a good warfare. You take that and you use it to come against everything that comes against the knowledge of God of who you are, what you can have, what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. He said, you come against all of that stuff and you war a good warfare. I don't care if you have to stand up and just scream, liar, liar, liar. When Satan comes to you and say, you can't or you shouldn't or it won't happen for you. Or you just going to have to put up with this. And I'm going to tell you, in the body of Christ, we put up with a lot of stuff, and we need to stop putting up with it. We 
we put up with a lot of stuff. It's, it's almost when I, when I see these signs, it says, learn how to manage your pain. I mean, well, they tell us to learn how to manage our pain. Christians learn how to manage deficiencies in the kingdom of God or not in the kingdom of God. Deficiencies, things that we're supposed to have possession of. We learn to manage the deficiencies. Oh, you know what? It's okay. And then what we say is, I don't want to complain. You know, God said that, you know, you need to be satisfied with what you have. You all understand what I'm saying? God means you don't need to be complaining. He didn't say you don't need to want more. And so to satisfy ourselves, we say, you know what? I'm, I'm, they may be going to use your saying, I'm good over here. You're not good over there. And you know what? And when people... <laughs> You know, people, oh, we, the body of Christ gets so, oh, no, 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 oh, no, yeah, 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 my arm's about to fall off, but I'm good over here. I ain't going to complain. You not good. I can look and tell you not good over there. I can tell how you said you're you good over here. So don't even take that revelation and do something stupid with it in your mind. You Listen. He told Timothy to war a good warfare, war a good warfare, and that's what we need to do, war a good warfare, understanding it's not all this stuff out here, it's all this stuff in here, and you know what, you are responsible for what is in here. Other people are not responsible for what's in there. You allow what you allow in here. So that's why it's not a fleshly thing. He made me do it. He caused me to do it. All of us had this. Our parents, I did it because so-and-so did it. And I don't know if y'all still said it now, but y'all need to go ahead and stop because they're not paying any attention to you. Well, if Johnny go jump off a bridge, are you going to go jump off too? You know how <laughs> I did it because... <laughs> No, no, you didn't do it because Johnny did it. You did it because you wanted to do it. You wanted to do it. Johnny may have been your incentive, but you wanted to do it. Johnny gave you some more courage, but you, look at somebody say, you wanted to do it. You know, Sometimes I, I uh, as God is, is, is talking and, and preparing messages, sometimes it's like, man, this seems so simple. Will they, uh, will they let that go over their heads because of the simplicity of it? The instructions are simple, but how many of you know the war is on? Yes. But if we don't cave in, you'll see yourself on the other side and rejoicing and giving God glory and excited, excited. How how many of you overcome something? And when you overcame it, it was like slam dunk. I made it. And some people, it's like, I made it through the day. I made it through the day 
And, you know, I kept, it, I kept it that thought that kept reoccurring in my mind, but I made it through the day. Thank you, God. And it's like, you know what? If I can make it today, I can make it tomorrow. If I can make it this minute, I can make it this hour. If I can make it this hour, I can make it for the next hour. If I can make it for the next hour, I can make it through the next day. And in the morning, you get up again and you say, I'm going to make it today because I made it yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you fail, because we do sometimes, and when you have a hiccup, you know what you say? I'm getting back up. I'm not going to stay down here. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's like you have to have this bulldog, won't let it go type of attitude. You have to talk to yourself, and you talk to the enemy about the situation. It's like, you know what? You know I'm not giving up, right? You know I'm not giving up, right? You know, you know this is not over, right? <laughs> you, know I, you, you, you know I win, right? Because that's what God said, right? You know that. I'm talk, you're talking to yourself and you're talking to the enemy. You say it, you just like, this. uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no way, no how, uh-uh. I win. I win. I win. I have to win. Not just for myself, but I'm going to be a bold witness for someone else as well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor Nick is not here tonight, but um, Pastor Nick, I tell you, he was a trooper and still is. He refused to quit. I can remember I went to see him in the hospital and, and I said, you know, military. I said, you know, you don't lay your weapon down. You never lay your weapon down. And I tell you, it is so good to see him coming to the church. It's so good to see his face and his countenance. It's so good, but I'm telling you, it, 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 was a, it was a war, and he had to keep his mind together. As, as you know, bad reports came, challenges came, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's just it's good to see the recovery. It's good to see the recovery. It's good to see the recovery. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good, and, 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 and there's, there's spoils to be won. He's still living today so he can watch his grandchildren grow up. He's still, I'm telling you, the spoils are, are over, just bountiful. He's still living today, and Terry's not having to, to, to bury him. He's still living today, and we can look at him on that front row. Hallelujah. We saw, I mean, just as we saw the attack, isn't that something? As we saw the attack, as he came in and he started to decline, now he's showing up to show the recovery. Yeah. Hallelujah. See, that's where God wants us. People can see you declining, but stick around and watch my recovery. Watch my recovery. Because I don't, I don't fight. I'm not beating at the air. I'm aiming at something. I have a goal in mind. Hallelujah. I got a goal in mind. If it's peace, I got peace in mind, and I declare in the name of Jesus. He gave me his peace, and I will walk in this peace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm fighting for my healing. Thank God by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. And I'm not looking for any symptom relief. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. He's a good, good God. 
He's an awesome God. He's a faithful God. He's a living God. He's a trustworthy God. Hallelujah. God is good and he's good all the time. God is always thinking of good things for you. God has your victory on his heart and in his mind. God sees you as victory. Hallelujah. He said we're all his trophies. We're all his trophies. God's already set us up on a shelf and said that's my trophy. I already won the battle. The race has already been won. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he's just saying agree with the outcome. Agree with the outcome. Agree with the outcome. Agree with the outcome. God said agree with the outcome. Hallelujah. for tuning in always remember you can connect with us via our app you can connect with us online or you can join us here for one of our services on sundays or wednesdays but we just thank you that we had the opportunity to impart a word into your life